are clinging to their COVID fear porn. The average American family has different fears, real fears, fears of the unknown, inflation, stagflation, indoctrination, while COVID continues to attack the weak and affirmed. Inflation and supply chains problems, indoctrination is targeted attack on the America's middle class, and it's winning. There are two groups of Americans who are not part of the COVID fear population. The first group fears the results of non-transitory inflation and the fact that the Biden administration is more focused on appeasing corporations than taking care of the people. The other group of Americans, the patriots, well, they fear all of the stuff the first group fears, but also they fear what's coming next, the destruction of our civil rights, our civil liberties. My name is James T. Harris, and this is the Glenn Beck Program. The Glenn Beck Program. Happy holidays from the Fed. They just gave us some, well, somewhat truthful reading about inflation for the first time this year. What a way to wrap up the year, right? Consumer prices and inflation have surged to a 39-year high. It's the fastest pace in nearly four decades. Energy prices up 34%. And you know how fast food costs are rising. We all feel it. On top of that, Biden is now trying to throw another $1.7 trillion into their social and climate plan, which could potentially accelerate inflation even more. At this point, it's just a matter of when and how bad. The U.S. dollar is in extreme peril. Gold and silver are a time-tested and conservative hedge against insanity, unrest, and potential hyperinflation. Call Goldline today. Ask how precious metals can protect what you've worked so hard to earn. Ask Goldline about their special Christmas offers and a very special bonus for listeners of my program. Be proactive. Call today. 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. There are two Americas right now, one that's addicted to television and one that's not. If you are a television watcher, you are probably very much in fear of COVID and all of the variants. I hope you enjoyed your Christmas. I hope you're looking forward to a new year. I was having a wonderful time with my family here in Phoenix, Arizona. That's where I'm from. The family came to town and we were wonderful. We're just having a wonderful time playing games, eating wonderful food, watching football. And then I began to prep for the Glenn Beck program. I turned on my computer, turned on the TV and holy cow, COVID mania. We're being told that COVID is destroying the country. My name is James C. Harris. I am a talk show host from Phoenix, Arizona. And like you, I have been paying attention and trying to navigate through the COVID madness for the last two years. Of course, it started out with with, you know, two weeks to flatten the curve. And we're still trying to flatten it in various ways. But with this latest wave of COVID fear, this latest wave of COVID porn, have you noticed 
all of a sudden, the CDC is reducing the the quarantine time. They're knocking it down from 10 days to five days. My question is, is that based on science? Or is that something that the corporations want the administration to do because they're having problems keeping people, you know, at work? All of a sudden, we are hearing discussion in traditional liberal outlets of the impact of COVID policies on the children. Huge huge interview over the weekend that got a lot of people talking a lot of people were amazed that this was actually on corporate media only we found out later that it, it wasn't <laughs> they actually put it out on on the uh, on the media on the internet but not on their station in the blink of an eye, we've got corporate media outlets admitting that the vaccine passports don't increase the willingness of Americans to get vaxxed. We're learning now from corporate media outlets that there's huge pushback against these mandates, against these passports across the Western world. From Australia to Canada to Great Britain, France. And then, just a few days ago, both Democrats and Republicans got whiplash from the, the violent double takes when President Trump, or I'm sorry, President Biden said that there is no federal solution to COVID. Now, this is amazing. And I do believe that me stepping away from media for a, a week really desensitized me to just how crazy the the fear porn is and how persuasive the media can be and when you have citizens that are actually yelling at other citizens for not wearing their masks 30,000 feet in the air and fighting people and spitting on people because they're not complying you have to know that things have gone a little bit off the rails but the one thing that is not happening that I, I, I just, it bothers me is how come more people are not questioning authority? How come more people are not uh, uh, questioning our political masters? It was Joe Biden who ran an, uh, shall we say, effective campaign <laughs> from the bunker. All throughout 2020, he said that President Trump did not have a plan to address COVID. He said he did have a plan. I want to remind you of this. Because over the last few days, we have seen just just how much the Biden administration and uh, the health organizations in this country have lied to the American people. And I am still absolutely dismayed that more Americans are not pushing back against the lies. Part of the problem is that the media is giving the Biden administration and Dr. Fauci and the like, they're giving them cover. But still, the, the, the Biden's promises, promises to the American people that if he became president, he would deal with this virus. You should be reminded of this. Here is Biden saying that he's going to shut down the virus, not the economy. Together, not pull us apart. I'll put in place a plan to deal with this pandemic responsibly. I've already done it. 
I've said it before. I'm not going to shut down the economy. I'm not going to shut down the country, but I'm going to shut down the virus. Said it before. I'm not going to shut down the economy. I'm not going to shut down the country. I'm going to shut down the virus. I would say is I'm going to shut down the virus, not the country. I'm not going to shut down the country. I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm going to shut down the virus. I'll shut down the virus, not the economy. Well, I'm going to shut down the virus. Once we shut down the virus, I'm going to shut down the virus. You're going to shut down the virus. I'm not going to shut down the country, but I'm going to shut down the virus. Look, there is no federal solution. This gets solved at a state level. <laughs> All of these promises. He's going to shut down the virus. He's not going to shut down the economy. He's been flirting with shutting down the economy. I mean, I, I think that when you're talking about uh, vaccination mandates going across the line, you're talking about shutting down the economy, especially when you have so many Americans that are not willing to get the, the get the poke. What else is that if it's not shutting down the economy? But just a few days ago, President Biden comes out and whispers in like almost hushed tones that this is a, this is not going to be a federal solution. This is going to have to be, you know, a state's issue. I'm telling you, this is a big deal. This is crazy talk. Because we've been lied to. By this president, by this administration, uh, by the, 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 you know, the, the CDC, the World Health Organization. And I know that Glenn Beck has done yeoman work in connecting the dots, dotting the I's and crossing the T about how this has all been collusion between big business, pharmacy and the government. It's not a coincidence that all of these vaccines are, are being paid for by we the people. And the plan is for everyone to you know, to have been inoculated by now, but it's not happening. Why? Because we're Americans. And yet, with this latest reversal, you have critics on both sides of the political spectrum going full blast on Biden for saying that now the states are responsible for solving the coronavirus crisis. And again, pointing out the hypocrisy and straight out lie of this president to the American people. Now, I have a question. If this is no longer a federal response, then what's going on with the the national mandates? I know they're making their way to the Supreme Court, but I got to tell you, uh, based on what we've seen in the past with the Supreme Court, I have absolutely no confidence Starting back with John Roberts and Obamacare. And I know people push on me back and forth on this, but look, we were told, we the Constitution says, you know, the government can't force you to buy a product. They can't force you to buy health care. And yet, John Roberts and the Supreme Court found a way around that. We've seen them narrowly make narrow rulings on a lot of cases that have conservatives absolutely disappointed. We're waiting to be disappointed again with the abortion issue. And a lot of people were looking to the courts to solve the problem, you know, the, the election problems. They, 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 they took a pass. What's going to happen with these mandates? We don't know. Hence, the anxiety that a lot of people in this country feel when it comes to our liberties.
But no, Biden gave up. The president of the United States, after promising that he's going to shut down the virus, gave up. The president of the United States, who tried to force vaccinations on the American people, took a step backwards. And yet, the mandates still move forward. And that begs the question, who's in charge of this country? It begs the question, if the president is backing off of the the, federal response, if uh, OSHA is, you know, caught up in court trying to figure out if they have the constitutional authority to 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 impose a, a mandate on, on corporations, if they have over 100 people working for them. Then who's pushing this forward? Well, it's not a big mystery. Uh, we don't have an executive branch right now. We have a committee probably staffed by a lot of Obama folks. But more importantly, what we really have is corporations calling the shots, corporations trying to bring about the the vaccine passports, corporations are trying to get the American people to bend the knee to coerce to their to their will for, I believe, nefarious reasons. But we won't go too deeply in that in that today, because basically we do have an opportunity Over the last few days, we've seen the government pull back and try to 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 regather themselves. We've seen this with the reduction of quarantine days to five. Biden's backing up with no federal response solution. The conversations, even though they weren't on CBS Live, this is talking about Face the Nation, they did, and I have the video to prove it, they did talk about the damage that the government's response to COVID is having on our children, on our young people. And there is a tacit admission out there from the New York Times and the BBC. They're admitting that vaccine passports don't increase the number of people that are taking the vaccine. Now, before we before we count that as a win, we dare not do that. I see it as a reprieve because the people that brought this upon us, well, they're dead serious. And even though they've been caught in lie after lie, they persist, they continue to move forward. The question that we have to ask ourselves is why? What is their ultimate objective? We have a more audio of more promises instead of just, you know, trying to deal with what's happening in the here and now. Instead of just trying to understand why it is the, the administration is making the moves that it's making or the committee is making the move that it's making. I'm going to take a little bit of time. And remind you of what was promised to you. Because, see, the previous administration, the Trump administration, they promised a lot before they got into office. The Trump administration made serious promises that the American people responded to. And lest you forget, one of the mantras during the Trump administration was promises promises made, promises kept. The Trump administration, you know, they did fall down in some areas, but my goodness, they were very tenacious. They did not give up. 
They kept going back to the well, even after Republicans betrayed the early Trump administration. They kept going back. And one of the things that Americans that were paying attention during that period of time, well, there's a lot that they could take away from. But one of the things that really resonates is that President Trump actually strove to keep his promises to the American people. That is not happening right now. And beside the fact that uh, I should say I should be happy uh, that they're not keeping their promises because their promises would have been horrible for this country. It still is creating a huge problem for this country, a trust issue. So on the other side, more lies from the Biden administration. My name is James T. Harris. I am a talk show host from Phoenix, Arizona, sitting in for the Glenn Beck program. The battle for our generation is taking place right now in the minds and the hearts of our children and our grandchildren. Today, millions of kids are having their ideologies shaped by these soulless machines of both Hollywood and our own public schools. From the lessons they're taught to the books they're told to read, our kids are caught in a thick swamp of bad ideas. What do you say? It's time we do something about it. The best way I know how to combat bad ideas is to promote good ones. And you don't get a better example of that for kids than in the Tuttle Twins books. The Tuttle Twins books are an exploration of all things that make us freer, more perfect. They teach an accurate history of the United States, and they explain how things like free markets and limited government work. And they will arm your children and grandchildren with true ideals they'll need to help turn our country back around. So I want you to go to TuttleTwinsBeck.com, get 35% off now. They'll even throw in all their activity work books for free buy them for your kids and your grandkids at tuttletwinsbeck.com get 35 percent off today you are listening to the glenn beck program my name is james t harris i am a talk show host out of phoenix arizona you can follow me on twitter at james t harris on instagram at james t harris or you can check out my facebook page at james t harris media.com even though right now uh, facebook and the other social media sites have their foot on my neck why is that why am i being shadow banned well because we're having conversations like this we're having conversations about how we're we're losing our liberty. We're having conversations about how the Biden administration uh, is, is lying to the American people. <laughs> and what's what's so funny about the whole thing is how they were able to to turn on a dime. If you remember, after um, uh, President Trump was sworn into office. The left lost their mind. You remember the images. You got people screaming in the streets, screaming, howling. No! You remember the marches, uh, the women's march. You remember the resistance movement. You remember Democrats running around saying, not my president. Trump is not my president. Remember all of that. And yet, uh, once uh, he's out of office, by their doing, and we have questions about how that happened, well, you're not allowed to question the President of the United States. You're not allowed to, to question the election. As a matter of fact, if you do, you could be spending six to eight months in solitary confinement without a trial. 
This is how much our, our world has changed. And if you doubt that this is not leaving an impact on people, I got to tell you, I think you're wrong. If you look at the polling for for Joe Biden, you look at the polling for the vice president, Kamala Harris, they're sinking in 11 months. They're sinking at all time lows. Why? Because at the end of the day, people just don't like being lied to. And lying has been going on, especially when we talk about the government's response to COVID-19. When we return. I just got a little bit more audio for you of promises that were made to the American people because the American people, they want to get back to normal, right? We want to get back to the the life the way it was in early 2020 and before. And we were told if we do certain things, that would happen. Is that true? Well, I would argue no. And that's going to force another question to be asked. What do we, the people, do about it? My name is James T. Harris, talk show host from Phoenix, Arizona. You are listening to the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Life is about being active. Whether it's about going on your daily tasks or exercising, you know you're well when you're regularly active. But what happens when being active actually hurts by the end of the day? This is the position I found myself in a number of years ago. Everything I wanted to do in my daily life, all of the activity it called for was held captive to almost constant nagging pain. When I heard about Relief Factor, I was skeptical, but my wife said, give it a chance. Not long after I took it, I could feel the pain begin to melt away and i've been taking it ever since and i can tell you that relief factor has helped me get my life back i love that it's not a drug but it was developed by doctors and about 70 percent of the people who try it go on to order more your first step to becoming pain-free just might be ordering a three-week quick start for only 1995 go to relieffactor.com or call 800 for relief 800 for relief or relieffactor.com find out all about this offer and feel the difference Making socialists question their life choices. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Stick around. More after the break. You are listening to the Glenn Beck Program. My name is James T. Harris. I'm a talk show host out of Phoenix, Arizona. Welcome aboard. I have a question for you. Are you vaccinated have you been vaccinated (laughs) actually the response from you should be that's none of your gosh darn business i was out with my smoking hot wife a few months ago we were at a restaurant and uh we're sitting at the bar as we tend to do and there was a, a a nice lady sitting right next to my to my wife and uh we introduced ourselves to her and she stuck her hand out and then she pulled it back a little bit and said oh are you vaccinated Like, what? Is that now a thing? Yes, it is a thing. And it's one of these things that are dividing the country. It's segregating the country. Your medical status really is no one else's business. Imagine you stick your hand out. Excuse me, uh, do you have a sexual disease? Do you have a... (laughs) We wouldn't do that. 
That would be rude. That would be absurd, obscene. And yet, now it's a thing. People want to know what your vax status is. And I have to be honest with you, uh, it's not the thing for me. I really don't care. But for those people who have been vaccinated, for those people who believe in in the, uh, Dr. Fauci and the CDC, it's a real thing. And it's going to determine whether or not in the future you're able to participate in society. All of this is driven from fear. This is not common sense. This is not logic. This is not following the science. It's fear. And I'm going to give people the benefit of the doubt because we were terrified by COVID. We were terrified by the by the lockdowns. We were running on you know short on toilet paper. You had people mobbing each other to get a couple of you know rolls of toilet paper. We had people going crazy. Because they thought that we were living in a time of scarcity, that we're going to get even more brutal because of the violent disease. As time went on, a lot of people started to realize that it was not as bad as the experts said it was going to be. We didn't have tens of millions of people dropping dead from COVID. As time went on, we started to realize that maybe it was a mistake that we didn't send kids to school. But the whole thing is, you know, we were told if you get the vaccination, if you get the vaccination, life can return to normal. As soon as you get your vaccination, you're not going to get sick anymore from COVID. You're going to be protected. You're not going to spread it to other people and we can get back to normal. Do you remember that? Oh, it's changed since then. But do you remember how Dr. Fauci and, 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 and President Biden, how they used to say that? Well, here's a reminder. You're okay. You're not going to you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. These vaccines are highly, highly effective. Vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. They're really, really good against variants. Everyone who takes the vaccine is not just protecting themselves, but reducing their transmission uh, to other people and allowing society to get back to normal. Get your first shot. And when you're due for your second, get your second shot. Our key goal is to stop the transmission, to get the immunity levels up so that you get almost no, almost no uh, infection going on whatsoever. When people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected. If you're vaccinated, you're not going to be hospitalized. You're not going to be in an ICU unit and you're not going to die. If you are fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. Anyone who is fully vaccinated can participate in indoor and outdoor activities, large or small, without wearing a mask or physical distancing. Is that true? Oh, well, maybe they believed it when they said it. I Actually, I don't think they did. I think they're smart people. I think that they're brilliant people. But the point is that that's no longer true. We are now on our what? third shot plus a booster and you still have to wear a mask if you're indoors <laughs> that is a lie what else can you well james they were just, no that is a lie they lied and they never ever even acknowledged the fact okay you know what we were wrong about this uh we are following the science and we found out that you know now is this or that no they don't do that they just continue to the next you know demand and they never take any time to count the cost. What is this doing to people? For, for a year and a half, everybody who died in America died of COVID. 
Car accidents, COVID. Accidental drowning, COVID. Dude falls from a parachute, COVID. Everything was COVID. And nobody questioned it. We get the numbers out of the out of the states, the people who are dying. We get daily counts, COVID related, COVID, COVID. But on the ground, for you walking around, you living your life, you didn't notice that. I've had a lot of friends who've had COVID and never went to the hospital. They just a couple days and they were back at it. I have some friends, because I'm an older man, I have some friends who passed away, but then they had comorbidities. We're being told and have been told that this is so dangerous. We were made promises were made to us. Promises were broken. And on CBS, you had a panel a discussion going on about 2021. Some of the worst underreported stories of 2021. And you had one panelist actually tell the unvarnished truth. It was an extraordinary moment for television news. Here it is. Well, I want to get to underreported stories uh, as well. Jan? Oh, I, for me, I mean, I, my kids hear me rant about this every day, so I may as well tell you guys. It's, it's the crushing impact that our COVID policies have had on young kids and children. Mm -hmm. uh, by far, you know, the least serious risk for serious illness. Uh, but, I mean, even teenagers, you know, a healthy teenager has a one in a million chance of getting and, di and dying from COVID, which is way lower than you know, dying in a car wreck on a road trip. Uh, but they have suffered and sacrificed the most, especially kids in underrepresented, at-risk communities. And now we have the Surgeon General saying there's a mental health crisis mm -hmm. among our kids. Uh, the risk of suicide, girl, suicide attempts among girls now up 51% this year. Uh, black kids uh, nearly twice as likely as, as white kids to die by suicide. I mean, school closures, lockdowns, cancellation of sports. You couldn't even go on a playground in the D.C. area uh, without cops scurrying, uh, getting, shooing the kids off. Tremendous negative impact on kids. And it's been an afterthought. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's hurt their dreams, their future, learning loss, risk of abuse, their mental health. And now with our knowledge, our vaccines, uh, if our policies don't reflect a more measured and reasonable approach for our children, mm -hmm. they will be paying for our generation's decisions uh, the rest of their lives. And that, to me, is the greatest underreported story of the past year. That was powerful. That was dead on. You had a reporter on CBS speak the truth about our nation's mental health crisis. You, you, you had a reporter talk about what is happening to our, our youth, to the suicide rates. You had a reporter sit there and everybody else was stunned because you just don't hear this kind of talk on corporate media. And guess what? You don't hear this kind of talk on corporate media. That never made it onto television. It got yanked. <laughs> CBS censored their own reporter. Why is that? Because uh, our COVID response has been hard enough on healthy adults, but it's been devastating to the youth and the truth. That's the truth. And CBS would rather you didn't know the truth. Why else would they pull that? 
But from your own experiences, you know that it's true. I've got three grown kids. And I have to tell you, the impact of the government's COVID response on each one of them is, 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 is kind of scary. I got to check in with them, especially my middle one who had big plans, who had to come back from overseas because of COVID and now can't go back. You can't freely travel anymore. You, the plans that were laid, the, the, what they've been working for, people who have gone to school. People who are nurses, doctors go to school for for years. They want to graduate, can't go into the profession unless they get the vaccine. Well, maybe they should just go ahead and do it. Well, maybe they just shouldn't. Maybe it's none of your business. And now that we've made it our business, look at the impact that it's having. You have children who are depressed. You have children who are looking towards their future and not seeing anything. It's bleak. It's uncertain. This is what our government is doing to our children. You're going to mask them up at schools. What's the psychological effect of of children being forced to wear masks? You're going to cancel school altogether. What does that do to children and socialization? And how come this is not being discussed on TV shows or or networks like CNN and MSNBC or CBS, NBC, ABC, PBS. Well, CBS got close. That was Jane Crawford. And that little clip that you just heard went viral for the last two days. It was viral on social media. Why? Because it was truth. The crushing impact of our COVID policies, how they've impacted our young kids, our children, is created a mental health crisis. And we have an administration that doesn't want to talk about it. Oh, they'll talk about everything else. Oh, they'll hammer away and get vaccinated, get your booster. Oh, don't talk about you know, the, the COVID tests that are rising. Every once in a while, they'll talk about COVID deaths. But they never talk about the impact that their policies and this type of fear porn is having on the future of this country, our children. You know, with all this talk going around. You've got uh, you've got Republicans chomping at the bit saying, you know, American people are going to respond to this. I I don't know if they are. I'm praying that they will. But these numbers, they're not helping Joe Biden. They're not helping him at all. The government's response to covid is actually causing his numbers to go way down. (laughs) And people are questioning, why now? Why are we, why now are we seeing that there's no good federal response? Well, could it be that once again, the Biden administration was caught up in a lie? Well, I think so. The Biden administration, you know, for this next round of a, a COVID mandated COVID vaccinations and stuff like this, you know, you're supposed to be able to go get a test. You, there's mandating that some people, if you don't get the vaccination, have to be tested weekly. Twice a week, maybe daily. But guess what? They don't have any tests available. 
And it's to the point where even uh, a press secretary, White House press secretary, Jin Psaki, is is cracking jokes on people to try to, 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 to hide the fact that this administration, the one who was supposed to be prepared from day one, the one that was going to shut down the virus, but not the economy did not have enough tests available for the American people, haven't rolled anything out. And another thing that is happening is you're having a lot of people who are part of the previous administration and even some Democrats beginning to call that whole thing out. What does this mean? And why is it that we saw so much of of Kamala Harris over the weekend? Something's going on. As Joe Biden, the president, begins to pull back, the White House is trying to put Kamala Harris, you know, forward, a good foot forward. It's been disastrous. <laughs> I don't know why I laugh at these things, because the prospect of, a, of of President Harris is truly, truly frightening. And if you think, oh, she would be embarrassed, oh, the Democrats would be embarrassed because, you know, she's not up to speed. They don't care. It's not about, you know, being fairly elected anymore. It's not it's not about being competent. What we're seeing with the with the Democrats is purely a quest for power to hold on to power. That is the only way that they're going to have any shot in advancing their agenda. And even though Build Back Better has failed, some people are saying now that it's stalled, even though it has failed. If you think the Democrats are going to stop pushing, then you haven't learned anything over the last 10 years. You never let a crisis go to waste. My name is James T. Harris, sitting in for the Glenn Beck program. You are listening to the Glenn Beck Program. You've heard me talking about MyPillow for years and how it's changed the way I sleep. Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, fitted me personally for my own MyPillow because I told him, I said, I don't think I really like him. And he said, wait, I think you have the wrong one. Got me the king size pillow. It has changed the way I sleep. It will not go flat. You can wash and dry it constantly and it stays the same amazing shape. You fluff it once before you go to sleep and it's that way. Best of all, it's made right here. So you don't have to worry about, are they going to be MyPillows on the shelves along with the lowest price offer mike is also extending his money back guarantee trial until march 1st of next year so it makes a great christmas gift you can get the standard my pillow for 1998 originally 69.98 a 50 dollars savings and the king size pillow is 10 bucks more go and see all their rotating discounts over 150 my pillow products enter the promo code back 800-966-3117 800-966-3117 it's mypillow.com promo code back This is the Glenn Beck Program. What you are about to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is... Glenn Beck Program.
Long before Ibrahim Kendi and Loudoun County entered the conservative consciousness and conversations, Glenn Beck identified the dangers of critical race theory, and when students in the Tucson Unified School District in Arizona stormed a governing board meeting in 2011, it was Glenn Beck who first identified the action for what it was, an attempted Marxist takeover. At the time, it seemed a little far-fetched to some, but Glenn Beck did nail it. He followed a breadcrumb trail from the classroom to the teacher's lounge, to the union halls, to the Kremlin, and on. And as he put it, we wanted to trace the history of critical race theory back to the point where its special brand of evil began. We what allowed it to become the toxic racist monster that it is today. He told us all about it. He told us about Hegel who, and the snobs who created critical theory, which laid the groundwork for critical race theory. Now, that is what is going on right now. It has resurfaced and it's time to take action. My name is James C. Harris and this is the Glenn Beck Program. program the woke mob rears its ugly head in this country every single day you know it i know it and increasingly our kids know it too they see it when they watch something on television or youtube they absorb it in conversations that take place all around them and maybe worst of all they're increasingly being fed heaping helpings of it in our school so what are we doing to fight back it's important that you are talking to your kids about what makes this nation great. What can you use to help instill those values in kids? Well, a good book. That's why I love the Tuttle Twins books so much. They offer your kids an entertaining and educational look at American values and American history. They tell great stories, teach your kids about the value of limited government, free markets, how they work, and how they work to change the world for the better, and so much more. Get these books for your kids today. Go to TuttleTwinsBeck.com, get 35% off, and they'll even throw in all their activity workbooks for free. Buy them for your kids and your grandkids. That's TuttleTwinsBeck.com and get 35% off today. This is the Glenn Beck Program. My name is James T. Harris. I am a talk show host out of Phoenix, Arizona. You can follow me on Facebook at James T. Harris Media, on Instagram at James T. Harris, or Twitter at James T. Harris. You can follow me. You may not always get the, the things that I post because I'm being shadow banned, but I'm out there. I am out there, and I have to tell you, back in 2011, when Glenn Beck spotted all of this in Tucson, Arizona, it, it was quite remarkable, and people thought he was over the top. He, he saw this Marxist outbreak among students, and I remember the incident when those students went into a, a school board meeting and handcuffed themselves to the chairs of the school board members and lit off smoke bombs and started yelling. They were part of the Mexican-American studies, and I have to tell you, the look on their face, it was like they were, they were transformed. You don't want to call kids evil, but what you saw was an intense anger. And people were asking the question, where did it come from? Well, it was part of the curriculum. We're talking 2011. We're talking over 10 years ago. And for those of you who haven't been following the rise of cultural Marxism through our public schools, Ibrahim X. Kendi 
previously known as Ibrahim Henry Rogers, is the guy who has become the face, the voice, the top hustler of critical race theory. He is a self-described anti-racist activist who spreads nothing but racism and Marxism. Now, after 2011, and after Glenn Beck properly exposed this, you had some people still, you know, were trying to hammer away at it. One of the publications in Arizona, the Arizona Daily Independent, it all actually, it formed because of Mexican American studies. It, it formed to combat it, to shed light on it. And they're still going strong today. But even with all of their efforts, and some of the politicians in the great state of Arizona, they weren't able to squash it out. And it went underground for a, for, for a while. It went underground and it continued to grow. It continued to spread like a cancer. Now, I was a uh, first 10 years of my professional career. I was a high school teacher. Yes. And uh, I also got into something called diversity training, but it wasn't based on race. It was based on generations, how the different generation coming into the, into the workforce, what impact it could have on your business. But even back then, the whole ideal of diversity and multiculturalism was a thing. But compared to what's going on now, it was innocent. For years, critical race theory started to form and grow. You had race hustlers like Kendi and others begin to add their philosophy, I should say, their theology to it. And it was going strong. As a matter of fact, it broke through the classroom. It broke through education. It broke through our universities and went into corporations. Under the guise of multiculturalism, our strength is our diversity, which, by the way, is a lie. Even back in the day, I was like, how can your strength be your diversity? That's just the opposite. As a matter of fact, diversity could be your weakness. It causes division. But we must celebrate our diversity, the race hustlers told us. And look where we are today. Our military has been poisoned our schools have long been poisoned and it would have continued except for COVID because of COVID parents were able to look into their, to their children's classroom and they didn't like what they saw because of the zoom classrooms. The curriculum was exposed and parents began to go to school board meetings and ask questions I don't think the left was prepared for this. The left thought that this was a done deal. The left, and, and believe me, they, they know what they're doing. They were able to cultivate school boards across the country as a seat of power. It wasn't until parents started to get involved in school boards that they began to find out just how much control the Democrat Party had over our schools and how those school boards were often launching pads for other Democrats to get into to city politics and maybe even national politics. The school boards are a hub. And when parents went there with the simple question is, do you teach critical race theory in our schools? The way they were treated, the way they were rebuffed. Well, it sparked a revolution. 
And now you have the left backtracking, falling over itself, lying about critical race theory, saying, oh, it's not taught to children. No, it's only taught in law school and in graduate school. That was the initial push. But that got exposed because you had teachers out there on on the libs of TikTok admitting, yes, we teach critical race theory, but we have to. You had teachers out there saying that it's their responsibility, their moral responsibility to teach your children about racism. And here's the problem. They're not being taught the same thing you were being taught. I mean, we grew up thinking that, you know, we were striving for a colorblind society, thinking that we should be judged by the content of our character instead of the color of our skin. Little did we know that the direct opposite was being taught to our children, that they should judge people by the color of their skin, not the content of their character. We didn't know that little white children were, were being taught to feel guilty over a past they had nothing to do with. And little black children were taught to be dependent and, and to depend on white liberals for, for, for their success. And there's a certain division and anger that became palpable. We saw it. We just didn't know where it came from until COVID. But you want to talk about something being far gone. Look at the, the latest push to get uh, the 1619 project in our classrooms. 1619 project is a is fake history, revisionist history. 1619 project it discounts the founding fathers, discounts the founding of this country on constitutional principles and says that, no, it, the founding of this country was when the slave ships first arrived to America in 1619. They failed to mention that those weren't really slave ships. The people on those ships were indentured servants, which is very, very different than than slaves. But it didn't matter because because the author of, of this of this project, the author of this of this book, of this study that now is curriculum in our schools. Well, she's a racist. The 1619 Project has been exposed, but it's like it's sort of like, I don't know, it, it, it's one of these liberal agendas that you just can't get rid of. If you try to get rid of it, you'll be labeled a racist. If you try to point out its inaccuracies, and, and you know, many have done that, just that. You've had universities who did just that, and they found themselves slapped down. They found themselves penalized, pushed back upon, because they did not, not support the liberal racist agenda. Well, I'll tell you what. Something very interesting happened on the way to get this whole thing, you know, codified in our schools. And that is the author, Hannah Jones. She went on television. She was saying that the, what happened out in Virginia with the election, parents coming out and opposing critical race theory. She's saying that that is racist. She's saying that that is white supremacy. She's saying that parents have no right to 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 dictate what is taught in schools that should be left to the professionals well if that is the case how come hannah jones book 
how come the 1619 curriculum is in schools? Here she is hanging herself with her own noose. And I don't really understand this idea that parents should decide what's being taught. I'm not a professional educator. I don't have a degree in social studies or science. We send our children to school because we want them to be taught by people who have an expertise in the subject area. And that is not my job. When the, when the uh, governor or, or the candidate said that he didn't think parents should be, be deciding what's being taught in school, he was panned for that. But, but that's just the fact. Um, this is why we send our children to school and don't homeschool because these are the professional educators who have the expertise to teach social studies, to teach history, to right. teach science, to teach literature. And I think we should leave that to the educators. Yes, we- Wow. Nicole Hannah Jones says she's not qualified. She, she can't go to schools and tell teachers what to teach. Well, if that's the case, then how come they're adopting her curriculum, the sixteen nineteen project all across the country? She's not qualified. She's not an academic. She's not a professional. Oh, she's been put on uh, some boards. Uh, she's been given tenure at some schools, even though she, I don't believe she has her Ph.D. She doesn't have a specialty in history. She was a writer at the New York Times who came up with this with this garbage. And it fit right into the critical race theory, you know, you know, pot of, of stupidity. And it sold the charlatan sold it. She says herself she's not qualified to put this in schools, and yet that's what the left is doing. Is that going to solve our problems? Is critical race theory going to bring people together? No. And we see evidence of that every day throughout our institutions. So what has to be done? Well, there is one gentleman out there who put together a a pretty incredible article. And as I read this thing, I'm like, wow, there are a lot of parallels with his life to to my life. And we also agree on the solution of how to deal with slavery, or I should say, how to deal with critical race theory and put the whole slavery notion to bed. And we will talk about that coming up next. My name is James T. Harris, sitting in for the Glenn Beck Program. some really good news if you didn't get around to it before christmas no worries you still have the opportunity to take advantage of one of the best sales around our friends at chamonix have extended the genucel christmas and holiday season sale so you can ring in the new year the right way looking younger and feeling great about your appearance right now genucel's most popular package is 60 percent off at genucel.com you can treat yourself and a loved one to the absolute best skincare in the world. See those droopy eyelids, forehead wrinkles, pesky bags and puffiness, and yes, even a sagging jawline disappear right before your eyes with GenuCell's Classic Collection. With its immediate effects, you'll see results in less than 12 hours guaranteed or your money back. Order now and get your complimentary spa package absolutely free at checkout. You get Chamonix's world-class microdermabrasion treatment and cleanser and toner. It's a great gift. Visit GenuCell.com and enter the promo code BECK35 for an additional 35 bucks off. Every order today is in Instantly upgraded to free express shipping. Genucell.com. The code is Beck35. You are 
listening to the Glenn Beck program. My name is James C. Harris. I am a talk show host out of Phoenix, Arizona. You can follow me on Instagram at James T. Harris, Twitter at James T. Harris, or my Facebook page is James T. Harris Media. We're talking about critical race theory. And you know what? The only way we're going to get around this, the only way we're going to deal with this is to, number one, shun it. We must reject it. And that's what parents have been doing across the country. That's why they've been going to the school board meetings, amongst other things, to, to battle the lie that is critical race theory. And it's not just uh, uh, Americans of European descent. It's also Americans of African descent. It's Americans that are going and pushing back against this because this this theology, this philosophy is un-American. When you cut off your TV set and you live your life, when you go shopping, when you hang out in different venues, if allowed to, you don't see the racial tension uh, that we're being told exists uh, by, by the television set. You turn on the television set and we are living in a world of racial turmoil. But you live your life, you don't see it at all. In some respects, it's like living in the Charles Dickens novel, the, 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 the Tale of Two Cities. It was the best of times and the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom and the age of foolishness. We are bombarded every single day through the media with messages claiming America is overflowing with systemic racism and white supremacists. Why? Why? Well, I think it's part of that Marxist agenda. I think it's time to it's time to, to, to realize that uh, we do have enemies and they're trying to divide us and they're successful at it if we buy into the media narrative. Now, I have to tell you that the very people who are telling us that this country is racist can't explain why so many people of color from all over the world are doing their best, are, are knocking themselves over, are risking their lives to get to this country. Now that they see that the border is open, they're wasting no time to get here. Why is that? And why is it that so many people from Africa and so many people from Haiti or Jamaica or other countries where you have a lot of um, mm, 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 a country of origins, you know, Africa. Jamaicans of African descent. <laughs> when they get to this country, they don't waste any time by a generation or so. They're living the American dream. What is it that explains these differences? What was systematic, systemic racism really built into American society? Or is it something else? Of course, for those of us born between the night or before the 1980s, we were taught that we should judge each other by the content of our character, not the color of our skins. And I think for the most part, people have done that. But when it comes to the black community, they're being bombarded by the left. They're being told not to do that. And in that in that message is also a message of dependence where we have far too many 
Americans of African descent depended upon the government. And what has that wrought? What has that brought us? What has that brought the country? To be clear, we do have bigoted people in our country that do bad things to folks, but the country is not systemically racist. To put it another way, if you look for racism in this country, you're going to find it. If you look for opportunities, you will find them 100 times over. Here's how we resolve this tale of two cities. We need to concentrate on the family. We need to concentrate on bringing families back together in general, but specifically the black family. We'll get more into this coming up next. My name is James T. Harris, sitting in for the Glenn Beck program. This is the Glenn Beck program. Happy holidays from the Fed. They just gave us some, well, somewhat truthful reading about inflation for the first time this year. What a way to wrap up the year, right? Consumer prices and inflation have surged to a 39-year high. It's the fastest pace in nearly four decades. Energy prices up 34%. And you know how fast food costs are rising. We all feel it. On top of that, Biden is now trying to throw another $1.7 trillion into their social and climate plan, which could potentially accelerate inflation even more. At this point, it's just a matter of when and how bad. The U.S. dollar is in extreme peril. Gold and silver are a time-tested and conservative hedge against insanity, unrest, and potential hyperinflation. Call Goldline today. Ask how precious metals can protect what you've worked so hard to earn. Ask Goldline about their special Christmas offers and a very special bonus for listeners of my program. Be proactive. Call today. 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. The truth that mainstream media can't handle. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. You are listening to the Glenn Beck Program. My name is James T. Harris. I am a talk show host out of Phoenix, Arizona, and it is my pleasure to be hosting the Glenn Breck program today. I, I got to tell you, though, this issue that we've been dealing with for the last year, for the last year and a half, parents pushing back against schools because of critical race theory being taught to their to their kids, amongst other things. Parents being told that they're not in control of what their children learn. Parents being told that they're not responsible for their parents, for their children's education. That is assets backwards. That's crazy. And parents realize that. And it's causing the Democrats a lot of problems. But you know what? What we're facing in this country is not a a political issue when it comes to racism, when it comes to the crime. It's a family issue. And there is a great piece that appears in the Federalist. It's called, it's a time, it's time for the black community to embrace a post-racial America. 
I happen to agree with that sentiment. Kendall Quails is the president of Take Charge, which strives to unite Americans regardless of background and to inspire black and other minority communities to take charge of their own lives and not to rely on government and politicians for prosperity. Mr. Quails has been married for 35 years and has five children, and I think that that is the key. The absolute destruction of the family in this country, in general, but the black family specifically is at the root of most of our problems. When you're living in a country where a disproportionate number or amount of crime is being committed by one you know, ethnic group, you got issues. And people don't want to talk about it because it's politically incorrect. But 12% of the population creating over 50 to 60% of the crime in the country? Oh, people don't want to talk about it. They don't want to talk about the smash and grabs that are going on uh, in our major cities. They don't want to talk about the images that they see on the television set. How did we get to this point? Well, you've got 80% of the kids in this country 80% of black kids being born in this country are being born to fatherless homes you have you have a plague of low graduation rates you've got an abortion issue among the black community you've got an incarceration issue in the black community where is this coming from I would argue it comes from the breakup of the family. The power to change ultimately lies in the hands of black Americans. Democrats are not going to change black Americans. Politics is not going to change black Americans. For far too long, we have watched communities destroyed from within. And the black community, I would argue, is worse off than they were during the civil rights era. But I do believe we have it within our power to move forward and to begin a transition of healing. This is what Mr. Quells is writing about. And Mr. Quells says, we don't need government help or funds to accomplish this transformation. I'll go a step further and I'll say that any government help or funds is going to continue to destroy the effort. The fact of the matter is we've had two to three generations of of people, young people who have missed out on opportunities in this country. Two to three generations who are fully entitled as American citizens, but have for some reason not grasped it. And I know what the reason is. The cups of sorrows that people are being fed, the cups of sorrows talking about slavery, the critical race theories People blinded by their anger, blinded by tears, blinded by mistrust. Making emotional decisions, not trusting in themselves, not trusting in education. 
And yet you can look around and see other black citizens who have who have legally immigrated to this country from the Caribbean, from 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 Africa, from places like Nigeria. And they're faring better than homegrown Americans. How is that possible? Well, I think what it really boils down to is the family. And we need to put more efforts in to having a man and a woman. Yes, I said a man and a woman. Gender specific. Getting married. Raising their kids. Oh, let me add on another layer. Going to church. These are the things that could turn this situation around. We have Kendall Quails. He's the president of Take Charge. He goes a little step further. He says that uh, we as a country and as as groups need to forgive the country for the sins of slavery, Jim Crow laws, and many other forms of bigotry that follow. You have to forgive in order to be able to move on. You have to forgive in order to lift the heavy burden of bitterness and anger and resentment. You have kids walking around with chips on their shoulders. I saw it as a teacher. A teacher in a suburban school. You had African-Americans who were saying they didn't want to study because they did not want to be seen by their friends as acting white. That was 20 years ago. Things are far worse now. What has to happen is that cup of sorrows has to be poured out. And, and if it is. Then we have people who need to boldly walk into a new future that is not fueled by racism. And you can begin by by uttering this mantra. It's only racist if you want it to be. Ooh, when I say that to some of the to the critical race theory people, ooh, they get so mad. Oh man, it's only racist if you want it to be. It's systemic. No, actually it's not. It's none of those things. It's only racist in your mind. How could it be that you have a bunch of border patrol agents that are riding on horses and they're trying to round up a bunch of Haitians and you see their stirrups flying in the air and all of a sudden you get the media saying that they were being whipped and that reminds us of slavery. Then you get the race hustlers like Maxine Waters and, and Joy Reid jumping on board talking about, you know, oh, you know, whipping came from slavery. Whips came from slavery. Just perpetuating the madness. You have people watching this and they're getting upset. I remember when I was growing up, there was a popular movie it was called Mississippi Burning. It was showing in downtown Milwaukee. I was from, I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin originally. They were showing this movie and black folks went to go see that movie and they got so mad of the images that were being projected on that screen that they came out and literally started a riot in downtown, smashing up stuff, angry, mad. Why? Racism. Why? Slavery. Retribution. As long as you have people talking about uh, uh, retribution, If you, as long as you have people out talking about payback, 
as long as you have people who are not embracing the avenue that every human being that's successful in this country, you know, takes, and that is through education and not necessarily government school education, but the desire to better oneself through knowledge, as long as you are putting up self-imposed roadblocks on that, we'll continue to fail. And that failure is now spreading. It's spreading from our cities to our suburbs. It's happening all around the country because of Democrat policies. These policies have been in place for decades. And when we look around and we see the impact on the family, it's, 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 it's devastating. And yet, the reality is, as bad as it is, the only people that are going to change it are ourselves. And when we talk about the black culture in this country, I love the fact that Kendall Quails points out that we have a rich cultural heritage. We do have a shared history, but we have a rich cultural heritage, as do other ethnic groups in this country. But our rich heritage is linked to our Christian faith. And forgiveness is the cornerstone of Christianity. And just as God extends forgiveness to us in Christ, we are called to forgive others. Imagine what our society would look like. If we all did that, let me get more specific. Imagine what our society would look like if we poured out our cups of sorrow and embraced the American dream and dared ourselves to take a chance, even if we, we might fail trying, but to let go of the chains and the shackles of the so-called systemic racism, self-imposed racism. And joined the American family. It's a mindset change. I think we would see a much better country. And haven't we been drinking from the cup of sorrows for the last 50 years? What has it done for us lately? All it has done is enrich people like Al Sharpton. And... Michelle or Nicole Hannah-Jones, the race hustlers among us. I think it's time to pour it out. My name is James C. Harris, sitting in for the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. If you're looking for a New Year's resolution that is easy to keep... I have just the thing. It's time to do something that will help protect your identity and your personal information. It's time to get LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. LifeLock will alert you to any potential threats to your identity online because you're going to miss certain ID threats if you're only monitoring your credit. And they pay attention to more and will not only notify you if they find threats, things like your information being for sale on the dark web, but also if you do become a victim of ID theft, a U.S.-based restoration specialist is going to help you take the necessary steps to help resolve your case. 
That's LifeLock. No one can prevent all identity theft, monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock is the New Year's resolution that's easy to keep. Keep you and your family safe and save up to 25% off your first year. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go to LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK. LifeLock.com, promo code BECK. Save 25%. You are listening to the Glenn Beck Program. My name is James T. Harris. I am a, I'm a talk show host out of Phoenix, Arizona. It's my pleasure to be with you here today. You know, you can follow me uh, on Twitter at James T. Harris, on Facebook at James T. Harris Media, or on Instagram at James T. Harris. And I've been hearing from you. I have. Uh, this last uh, segment has really got people asking the question, well, what can we do? What can we do? Another listener said that, you know, it's not just a problem in the black community. It's a problem across the board in this country. And I would agree with you. The name of this article is it's time for the black community to embrace a post-racial America. And the author is a very talented individual. His name is Kendall Quails. He's the president of Take Charge. This is an organization which strives to unite Americans regardless of background and to inspire black and other minority communities to take charge of their own lives and not only reply or rely on government and politicians for prosperity. I think the first step you could do is reach out to Mr. Kendall Quails. Again, this article is in uh, the uh, the Federalist but uh, it's it's targeted towards Americans of African descent but it really is for everyone and again the the prescription here is is quite simple quite eloquent it's now imperative more than ever before that we reconcile with the past sins of our nation that we reestablish two parent families and that we rebuild culture to join other Americans around the table of prosperity. As he says, as fellow citizens of this great country, what does that mean? We got to drop all of the um, black um, uh, uh, systemic racism, uh, uh, white supremacy. You got to drop all of that. It's a difficult thing to do, but it is very freeing. Trust me. It's also suggesting that we tap into our shared history, our cultural strengths. And as a country, what we can do is turn back to Jesus, the Christ. And pray for revival in this country. Because the further we move away from Jesus to Christ and the principles of Christianity that help build this nation, it seems to me the worse we get. I'm not done talking about what's going on in our schools. <laughs> we also are not finished talking about the crime problem that we have in this country. It's so bad that even Democrats are now figuring out, ooh, our policies are not working out. Stay tuned. That's coming up next. This is the Glenn Beck Program. My name is James T. Harris, and I'm guest hosting.
by the motto, never let a good crisis go to waste. And we saw just how anxious and able they were to use the COVID to grab power by dividing and demoralizing the populace. And the demands they made as the pandemic rolled in confirmed for us that they have zero allegiance to the Bill of Rights, no commitment to science, and a complete contempt for inconvenient facts. Now we're watching them as they do the necessary mental and verbal gymnastics to backtrack as it becomes more and more obvious that the policies they pushed and the pandering they engaged in has led to death and a lot of it. My name is James T. Harris and this is the Glenn Beck Program. If you're living with aches and pains, especially if they're frequent and nagging and relentless, I want you to take a moment and think back to the last time you really felt good. Can you even remember what it felt like? Now, here's even a more important question. What would you give to go back to feeling like that again? Maybe it would just be nice to take a stroll with your loved one or play with your grandchildren. I've suffered from persistent, crippling pain almost all the time for about five years. When I started taking Relief Factor, I took it because my wife made me start taking it. I didn't think it would work for me. Yet here I am today, virtually pain-free, doing the things I love to do, all thanks to my wonderful wife and Relief Factor. I love that it's not a drug, but it was developed by doctors, and about 70% of the people who try it go on to order more. Are you part of that 70% that can get your life back? Your first step to becoming pain-free just might be to order the three-week quick start for only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. Find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. relieffactor.com. You are listening to the Glenn Beck Program. My name is James T. Harris. I'm a talk show host out of Phoenix, Arizona. You can follow me on Instagram at James T. Harris or Twitter at James T. Harris, or you can find me on my Facebook page at James T. Harris Media. The Democrats, they you got to give them a hand. They don't stop. And ever since they spilled the beans and they said, you know what, you never let a good crisis go to waste, that's exactly what we've been seeing. Now we're watching them once again. They're trying to, to keep the public engaged. The latest thing is that you have the president of the United States. He's backtracking. He's saying that COVID, well, COVID is not a, a federal response. The, the federal government can't stop COVID. And this, of course, after he promised us that he had a plan. After he promised us that uh, he said that he would. As a matter of fact, uh, one of the things that people love about President Trump in his administration, uh, there was the saying promises made, promises kept. But we've seen Joe Biden break one promise after the other. It's almost as if they believe that that uh, if just if they got in office, magical things would happen. Sort of like, um, sort of like, you know, Barack Obama waving his magic wand. Actually, he accused President Trump of waving a magic wand. Is that what he's going to do to bring the economy back? Well, President Trump didn't have a magic wand. He just knew how economies worked. He came into office and he cut regulations. They cut taxes. 
and we saw the economy begin to roar. We saw people come back to, to the United States, companies come back to the United States. It's a matter of know-how versus know-nothing. So now we sit back. And it's no wonder that the total number of Democrats in Congress who are bailing out is growing on a daily basis. Currently, 23 House Democrats have announced that they are retiring rather than face a blistering loss if they run for re-election in 2022. The Democrats already hold only a razor-thin majority in the House. They want you to think that they have a majority. They've been ruling as if they had a majority, but not so. The GOP only needs a net gain of five seats to regain the House majority. The Democrats know that, and that's why they are fleeing like rats from a ship. Biden's poll numbers. Well, of course, they're in the tank. And it's only been over the last couple of days because what was amazing is you had a vice president Kamala Harris's uh, her ratings were in the toilet. Now it seems like Joe Biden has passed her up, caught up, then passed up. These are the death toll. These numbers. His leadership is so bad that he had to ignore all the campaign promises he made and announced this week that, you know what, um, we're stepping away from COVID as well. The Democrats haven't wasted any time with this crisis. But they've done so much damage to this country and to their party. On November the 2nd, 2020. The aspiring Vice President Kamala Harris tweeted, The first thing Joe and I will do in the White House is get this virus under control. <laughs> As a matter of fact, we've got a montage of Joe Biden making that very promise on the campaign trail when he was not, you know, hiding away somewhere. Joe Biden was out there saying that, that they were going to shut the virus down. Together, not pull us apart. I'll put in place a plan to deal with this pandemic responsibly. I've already done it. I've said it before. I'm not going to shut down the economy. I'm not going to shut down the country, but I'm going to shut down the virus. Before. I'm not going to shut down the economy. I'm not going to shut down the country. I'm going to shut down the virus. What I would say is I'm going to shut down the virus, not the country. I'm not going to shut down the country. I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm going to shut down the virus. I'll shut down the virus, not the economy. I'm going to shut down the virus. Once we shut down the virus, I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm not going to shut down the country, but I'm going to shut down the virus. Look. And then he, yeah, a few days ago, he says, look, this is this virus is not going to be a federal response. He almost whispers it. This is not going to be solved on the federal level. It's going to have to be solved by the states. He kicked it back. And this was the core of his 2020 campaign promise. He said that not only was he shut down the virus, we would get no more mean tweets he would bring civility back to the nation.
We will be respected in the world again. And people fell for it. A lot of people. But you know what? A lot of people won't likely be fooled again. And where does this leave us? This leaves us with a, a lot of people looking for what's coming next because they have no confidence in Vice President Harris. Over the weekend, they put her out there, you know, on some type of mini media tour trying to rehabilitate her, trying to, to prove that she has gravitas. The problem is Kamala Harris has never had gravitas. She wouldn't have even, she would have washed out of the first, you know, primary run. It was in California. She would have lost her own state. So she dropped out instead. And let's be real. The Democrats, they love to play identity politics. And the only reason why Joe Biden chose Kamala Harris to be his running mate is because she's a person of color. Think about how shallow that is. Does that make Kamala Harris the first affirmative action president? Oh, yes, I did. I did say that. Ask a Jill Biden what she thinks about the choice. It is being reported that Jill Biden and Kamala Harris are just like almost coming to blows in the White House. The tension. But she has performed so miserably that uh, now the rumor is <laughs> that they're going to bring someone else in to take her place. And here's what's interesting to me. It's not the Democrats running around saying this. Now, the Democrats are suggesting it, and you heard the, the murmurs going out as, as people are fleeing a Vice President Kamala Harris's staff in droves. The, the, the first people to actually speak out loud I'm beside myself. The possibility of a replacement <laughs> over the last few days is like Joe Rogan. He's coming out and he's actually suggesting that maybe it should be Michelle Obama who runs for uh, the new vice president slot. Here he is. I really believe if yeah. Michelle Obama runs, she might she win. wins. Yeah, I think she wins. She's good. She's great. Yeah, she's, she's intelligent. Yeah. she's articulate. She's right. the wife of the best president that we right. have had right. in our lifetime in right. terms of like a representative of yeah. an intelligent, sure. articulate people. Yeah. Intelligent and articulate, isn't that what the late Harry Reid, may he rest in peace, isn't that what he said about about Barack Obama that he was intelligent? And articulate. I would probably steer away from that language if I was a, uh, you know, Joe or anybody else. Oh, she should run. She's she's intelligent and she's articulate. Really? Is that all you need? Intelligence and, and to be articulate. But Rogan wasn't the only one. You had a panel over there, Fox News. They were making the same observations. Should it be Michelle Obama that takes the place of Kamala Harris? So now you have the identity politics of picking Kamala Harris. Why? Well, she's a woman. She's a woman of color. She comes from California. She's very left wing. 
Now they have this problem of, oh my God, they've gotten to see Kamala Harris and she's terrible. I mean, where is she on planet Mars during all of this? I mean, they don't put her out at all because she's not able to no. connect to the American people. So if they're going to replace Kamala Harris, they got to look to uh, the identity politics. And I have to say, Michelle Obama fits that type of thinking. Another woman of color um, who's obviously got good poll numbers. It's a very interesting idea. I, I don't think it's an interesting idea at all. At all. And let me caution my Republican brothers and sisters. Stop it. Stop it. You know, we live in a big country. A big, big country. And there are a lot of clean and articulate Democrats. There are. Even if you can confine yourself to Americans of African descent, even if you're looking for color, a person of color, there are plenty uh, articulate, uh, clean, uh, intelligent people. Why must it always be a small pool of just angry people? And Michelle Obama is angry. She's racist. Don't talk to me about how she polls well. Don't talk to me about how she's, yo, oh, she's just so articulate. She's a hater. And she's been on display hating many times. All the way back to when Barack Obama won in Iowa. Remember what she said? This is the first time in her life as an adult she's proud to be an American. What is that? Every chance she gets, she plays that race card or plays the gender card. You're right. The Democrats, yeah, they're stuck on stupid when it comes to identity politics. But listen, Republicans, don't feed into this. I'd rather see them talk about Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams says she's going to run for uh, run for for the governor again. I'm not. I don't believe her. Why? Well, because she hasn't lost any weight. Hey, I'm not. I'm just saying. People, when they're serious about running for office. They lose weight. They get on the, the Jenny Craig. They do something. I don't see Stacey Abrams doing that. Well, what about those? You got some new new out there, but uh, how, how many of these guys that are running are doing their best? Some of these politicians you don't even recognize anymore. They've lost so much weight. No, Republicans stop propping up. Michelle Obama or or Hillary Clinton or anybody else. Democrats, get off the snide and find somebody exciting. I'm sure you can. My name is James C. Harris. I am a talk show host out of Phoenix, Arizona. You are listening to the Glenn Beck program. So there's some really good news. If you didn't get around to it before Christmas, no worries. You still have the opportunity to take advantage of one of the best sales around. Our friends at Chamonix have extended the GenuCell Christmas and holiday season sale so you can ring in the new year the right way. Looking younger and feeling great about your appearance? Right now, GenuCell's most popular package is 60% off at GenuCell.com. You can treat yourself and a loved one 
to the absolute best skincare in the world. See those droopy eyelids, forehead wrinkles, pesky bags and puffiness, and yes, even a sagging jawline disappear right before your eyes with GenuCell's Classic Collection. With its immediate effects, you'll see results in less than 12 hours guaranteed or your money back. Order now and get your complimentary spa package absolutely free at checkout. You get Chamonix's world-class microdermabrasion treatment and cleanser and toner. It's a great gift. Visit GenuCell.com and enter the promo code BEC35 for an additional 35 bucks off. Every order today is in Instantly upgraded to free express shipping. GenuCell.com. The code is BECK35. James T. Harris filling in for the Glenn Beck program. I am a radio talk show host out of out of Phoenix, Arizona. You can follow me on Instagram. You can follow me on Facebook Media, uh, James T. Harris Media. You can follow me also on Twitter at James T. Harris. I tell you what, all of this talk about Michelle Obama. Notice how they do this. It's like the the Democrats bench is so short. That they're either talking about Michelle Obama or Mayor Pete Booty Gig. And I know it's Booty Judge, but I like to call him Booty Gig. Uh, Mayor Pete Booty Gig. They, they talk about who? What? Hillary Clinton's popping back. You know, Hillary Clinton's out there uh, handing out Christmas cards again with her and Bill from like 20 years ago standing in front of a Christmas tree in the White House. And Republicans live in fear. We live in fear of the ghost of Clinton past. Or Obama pass. We act as if we're not winners. It has been a problem for the Republican Party forever. Partly because we were sabotaged. We had people like John Boehner, Speaker of the House, promising all he needs to do is get the House back. Then promising all he needs to do, you know, is to get the Senate back. And then never, never delivering. We have Paul Ryan, Speaker of the House. We're thinking at first he's Captain America. Oh, man, this is going to be great because he's so smart and clean and articulate. He can get things done. And he ends up stabbing the agenda in the back. Oh, we become so accustomed to, to losing. And then we get President Trump, whose whole mantra is winning, whose whole mantra is America first. And we saw spectacular things under President Trump. We saw the economy come back. We saw employment among among um, Americans of African descent, Hispanics, everybody. We saw gas prices go down. We saw America's foreign policy of strength become effective. We saw North Korea shake hands with South Korea. We saw peace break out in the Middle East. And we saw the Democrat Party and the media hell bent 24 seven for four years daily out to destroy President Trump and his administration. And with all of that pressure, we still saw massive success for America. Now that they got President Trump out of office. Now that the Democrats are back in and have been a miserable failure. You have Republicans playing into the old game as if we were losers. Look, look, we got President Trump was out of office, but look at that razor thin margin in the House and in the Senate. 
Look at the special elections, which were still kind of jimmied up. I'm just saying there is no reason in the world for Republicans and conservatives to buy into this malarkey, to quote President Biden, of looking at their narrow, hapless bench. Michelle Obama can't be president of the United States in a free and fair election because you know what? Americans are not going to to vote for a black, angry woman to be president of the United States. They're just not. Blackness has nothing to do with it. Angry does. Racist does. I think we're pretty sick and tired of it. They accuse President Trump of it. He didn't do that. Look at Biden. Look at all of the racist things that this man has said since he's been in office. This go round. No, stop the madness. Stop talking to me about Kamala Harris and the first former first lady, Michelle Obama. Stop it with that kabuki dance. If the Democrats can't come up with something better, realize that if we get our states together, we get our act together when it comes to the elections, they're going to be wiped out. And our objective is to never let them up off the mat again ever again my name is james t harris i'm talk show host out of phoenix arizona sitting in for the glenn beck program ever since he tried the rough greens for the first time my dog uno has changed he's a completely different dog i hear from people all the time in the audience I mean, hundreds and hundreds of letters have come in who have had the same experience with their dog. They've heard me talk about Rough Greens on the show. They get some for themselves. And as soon as they sprinkle it on the dog's food, the dog literally wolfs it down. And it's really good for them. It's not a dog food. It's just chock full of vitamins and minerals and probiotics and omega oils that you sprinkle. Your dog needs these things to be healthy. My dog was easy. From the first time he tried Rough Greens, Uno was in love. Some dogs take a little bit to get used to the new flavor, though. Dr. Dennis Black, the inventor of Rough Greens, was on the phone with me last week. He doesn't want that to be a reason for you not to try. So right now, he's got a special gift available. You can get a free bag of Rough Greens for your dog just to try out. All you pay is shipping. Go to roughgreens.com slash Beck or call 833-GLEN-33. Put it on your dog's food and begin to watch your dog become healthier. Doing our part to keep free speech alive. There's much more after the break on the Glenn Beck Program. You are listening to the Glenn Beck Program. My name is James T. Harris. I am a talk show host out of Phoenix, Arizona. You can follow me on a Twitter at James T. Harris, Instagram at James T. Harris, or you can go to Facebook at James T. Harris Media. Yeah, I am being suppressed right now, but still, give her a try. Give her a try. If I hear from you, I'll try to, to hit you back up. I've been getting some messages. People are blaming me of fat shaming. Because I said that Stacey Abrams can't be serious about running for office because she hasn't run, lost any weight. Look, I've been paying attention to politics for almost 30 years. And I'm here to tell you that when people are serious, serious about running for office, they lose weight. Attorney General Mark Burnovich, you see him all over Fox News right now. He's out of uh, out of Arizona. I bumped into him a few weeks ago. I'm like, my goodness, you've lost weight. 
He said, I'm serious. I'm focused. Yes, you are. Look at the Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. You can hardly recognize the man anymore. I was like, who was that? That's Pompeo. No way. He used to be nice, nice and, you know, comfortable and, and chub, chubby. Not anymore. He is stealth. Look at Chris Christie. He, he may be running good. He's even lost even more weight. Senator Kirsten Sinema from the great state of Arizona. When she decided she's going to run for the Senate, it got real. And people are still mad at her. When she wears those old, you know, them high uh, knee high boots and the, and the mini skirts down on the floor, that's inappropriate. Shut your mouth. She's styling and profiling. I don't see that. With Stacey Abrams. Uh, she was on TV yesterday. She has a new children's book out, which is kind of wild because she also had a, a soft porn book out. She has a series of soft porn books out. Now she's coming out with a children's book. And they're just touting that book. It's wonderful. Stacy says it's about herself, I think. And the wonderful things she's uttered. I, you know, I'm not fat shaming. Stacey Abrams, is, she looks like a lovely person. She's the same kind of delusional as, as, as Hillary Clinton, thinking that she wants something that she did not. But, but still, I make these observations because they're based in truth. The days that we can have someone in the White House who is, well, kind of like large and in charge. Well, you know, no, don't tell me that that, that was Trump. He kind of grew in office. <laughs> But that's still part of the whole persona. Big news broke yesterday. Flu is making a comeback in the United States after an unusual year off. Did you know that the flu took a hiatus last year? Yeah. But this year, the flu season has arrived on schedule. Last year, flu season was the lowest on record, likely because COVID-19 measures, school closures, distancing, masks, and canceled travel prevented the spread of influenza. If that's the case, because we still have school closures and distancing and, and masks, plus we have vaccinations, why is the flu back? This is one of the things that just makes me pause and makes me think that the the Biden administration, that the CDC, that the World Health Organization thinks we're, we're just stupid. The flu disappeared. Or maybe everything you counted as COVID last year was the flu. And now that the flu is back, they're they're telling you to take your flu shot. But after the whole push for for you know the COVID shots, I I don't know. Americans are now weary. This is what this propaganda has done to the medical community. We simply don't trust it anymore. We don't trust our doctors anymore. I was talking to a, a doctor just last week. Actually, I'll be honest with you, it's my doctor. I was like, I don't trust you. <laughs> There will be no taking of any kind of medication. And now we're hearing that uh, that you have to get your flu shot. People are not going to trust that anymore because they don't trust the COVID shots, the vaccines. And the COVID vaccines, I think they're, you know, at least the same, if not worse. With the flu, you're guessing if you get the right strain, you'll be all right. But the more we learn about the COVID vaccine, it's not the same as the flu vaccine. It's not really a, a vaccine. 
So this news that the, the flu has returned, it's it's kind of I don't think it helps the CDC or Dr. Fauci's case. Then we have Nicole Wallace. Nicole Wallace went on television the other day to talk about the vaccine, to talk about, you know, the new the guidelines. And in the midst of her conversation with a doctor, she said something that I think was right on point. She got right down to the nub the heart of the issue on COVID. Can I just be super blunt? Um, Is everyone going to get it? Everyone I know has COVID right now. Nicole, everybody is not necessarily going to get it. We have the tools to be able to prevent people from getting it. And we should do everything we How? can How? to avoid I've, I've getting used, I've used all those tools. I'm triple vaxxed. I wear a mask everywhere except when I sit down and I put it on before I get up. And I'm going to get it. So how do you not get it? How do you not get Omicron? Nicole, that's very fatalistic. I I know how you feel. I understand. I think what we want to do is we really want to avoid getting it right now, because if we can stop the amount of transmission, we're going to be able to protect our health system. The masks make a very big difference. I would wear a very high quality KN95 mask. I think that that will make a very big difference in terms of this. I think avoiding uh, uh, places that are very crowded are going to work. We know what actually works. It's not inevitable. Uh, Of course, boosting is going to be the thing and vaccinations are going to really keep people out of it. But I understand your frustration. I understand how everybody feels. It is not inevitable. We should do what we can to avoid getting it and understand if we've done everything we can, the likelihood is we're going to have a more mild version. And that's much better than we were before. So totally understood. I get where you feel, how you feel. So does the rest of the country. But there are things we can do to minimize it. What was extraordinary about what you just heard is that the doctor was saying the same thing that was being said to us when this all first broke out. Nothing has advanced. As a matter of fact, we were told early on that if we took the shot, if we got the vaccination, that uh, that uh, we would be all right, that we could return to normal. See, one of the things that the Biden administration did was lie to us about how if things were shut down, you know, we're going to shut down the virus. They weren't able to do that. But the other big lie was the vaccines. Martin, let's bring up that um, little montage of of, uh, if you have if you take the vaccine, you're going to be okay. You're okay. You're not going to you're not going to get covid if you have these vaccinations, these vaccines are highly, highly effective. Vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. They're really, really good against variants. Everyone who takes the vaccine is not just protecting themselves, but reducing their transmission uh, to other people and allowing society to get back to normal. Get your first shot, and when you're due for your second, get your second shot. Our key goal is to stop the transmission, to get the immunity levels up so that you get almost no, almost no Uh, infection going on whatsoever. When people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected. If you're vaccinated, you're not going to be hospitalized, you're not going to be in an ICU unit, and you're not going to die. If you are fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. Anyone who is fully vaccinated can participate in indoor and outdoor activities, large or small, without wearing a mask or physical distancing. 
All right, Martin. Now bring up uh, Nicole Wallace for me one more time, please. Because, see, you, you heard the promise here. If you get the vaccine, you can go back to, to living a normal life. If you get the vaccine, you won't have to wear a mask anymore. You won't have to wear a mask inside. If you just get the vaccine, you know, everything's going to be hunky-dory. That was like, what, uh, what, six months ago? Now you have Nicole Wallace asking the big money ball question. Can I just be super blunt? Um, is everyone going to get it? Everyone I know has COVID oh. right now. Okay, but that's enough. Is everyone going to get it? Let me help you out, Nicole. The answer to the question is yes. Yes. Everyone eventually is going to get COVID in the same way everyone, you know, probably has gotten the flu by now. You're going to get it. And Nicole, chances are you're going to live. You're going to live. You're going to be all right. And some folks would like to think it's because of the, the, the multiple vaccines you got. You said you had three of them and the booster, right? You said you wear your mask everywhere you go. And once you sit down, you take it off the talk. I don't know how that's going to protect you, but you wear it. So the answer to your question is seeing everybody you know has COVID and you've taken the precautions, you're going to get it. But you're going to be all right. And that's what people are finding out, especially with the Omicron variant. You have some scientists who have been banned to saying that oh, the Omicron variant is a gift to God. It's the thing that's going to spread herd immunity. You have some folks saying that because it's spreading so fast, it can't, it's not as lethal. But even if we're talking about the, the more lethal COVID-19, again, it basically attacks the elderly and the people who have underlying conditions. So that's where our attention should have been spread, should have been concentrated, but it hasn't been, has it? Nicole Wallace demonstrates in this little clip how this is all overblown and how we can live our lives and we can live our lives, most importantly, without fear. Wouldn't that be great? I mean, I just, we have so many people that are just stuck on fear. They can't help themselves. There, there are some people who, you know, they really are experiencing whether it's a placebo or not. You know, the, the, the steps that are taken to make sure that they live a sanitized life, it might be working for them. The problem is they're trying to force that on the rest of us. My name is James T. Harris. I'm a talk show host out of Phoenix, Arizona. And I'm sitting in for the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You've heard me talking about MyPillow for years and how it's changed the way I sleep. Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, fitted me personally for my own MyPillow because I told him, I said, I don't think I really like him. And he said, wait, I think you have the wrong one. Got me the king size pillow. It has changed the way I sleep. It will not go flat. You can wash and dry it constantly and it stays the same amazing shape. You fluff it once before you go to sleep and it's that way. Best of all, it's made right here. So you don't have to worry about, are there going to be MyPillows on the 
the shelves. Along with the lowest price offer, Mike is also extending his money-back guarantee trial until March 1st of next year, so it makes a great Christmas gift. You can get the standard MyPillow for $19.98, originally $69.98, a $50 savings, and the king-size pillow is $10 more. Go and see all their rotating discounts, over 150 MyPillow products. Enter the promo code BECK, 800-966-3117, 800-966-3117. It's MyPillow.com, promo code BECK. are listening to the Glenn Beck Show. My name is James T. Harris, a talk show host out of Phoenix, Arizona. It's been my pleasure to sit in for the Glenn Beck Show today. And you know, whenever I do, I just feel honored to do so because Glenn Beck was one of the early people I was listening to on the radio. His style, his his depth of information has always just been challenging. And I think that his heart is absolutely on point as far as being a culture warrior in our society. I am so happy that I had an opportunity to use his his platform to talk about uh, some of the issues that we're facing with critical race theory. I want to use the last segment of of the program to address something that's happening right here in my own hometown of Phoenix. It's at ASU, Arizona State University. And they had an incident a few months ago. We had two students who were sitting in a building uh, in a study center, and the students happened to be uh, white students, and they had uh, back-to-blue stickers on their computers. Well, that triggered two young ladies, two Americans of African descent, and they went over and they berated the young men, berated them. To the point where the young men to, to try to keep the peace just got up and, and left the hall. They were offended that white folks were in the multicultural section of the building. Well, that created a, a national outstir, uh, outcry. Yeah, people were upset. People were calling the university. And it turns out that these two young ladies, they actually got in trouble with the university and they were sanctioned. Well, these ladies, they took umbrage with the sanction. And they put out a video to tell you exactly what is wrong in at ASU, this systemically racist university. And here's how it went. ASU's investigation found us guilty of interfering with university activities. Dear white people, AKA ASU, <laughs> you openly discriminated against us on November 16th when you handed down your decision from your racially biased investigation. We are being persecuted for defending our multicultural center from racism and sexism. You gave us two punishments. The first one was a warning. And the second one was to write a three-page paper on how next time when we talk with white people about race and society, we will be civil. This video is in fulfillment of our educational intervention. We're going to give ASU an educational intervention on why telling students of color at ASU to be more civil in the face of white supremacy and neo-Nazism on this campus is actually violent. Okay, that's enough. That's critical race theory for you right there. That's why it's a problem. That's why it should be banished. And young ladies, I have a suggestion. 
Why don't you attend Hampton University or Spelman? Jackson State University, there's plenty of historical black colleges. Stop picking on ASU. <laughs> James T. Harris, it's been a pleasure filling in for the Glenn Beck program. This is the Glenn Beck program.